welcome to the podcast. This year, we'll be bringing you weekly podcast episodes to talk about health, wellness, and balancing life during the pandemic. Today, we are going to be talking about the importance of knowing what resources are available at Fresno State to help students succeed personally and academically. My name is Gabby. I'm a junior psychology major here. And I am Gwyneth, and I'm a fourth year psych major as well as a child and family science minor. Gabby and I are both volunteers in the Peer Ambassador Wellness Program, and we're going to be your hosts this week. I am so, so excited to welcome our guest to this podcast today, Diana Kargosian. Thank you so much for being here, Diana. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about what you do at Fresno State? My name is Diana Kargosian, and I'm the clinical case manager at the Student Health and Counseling Center, and I coordinate our case management program. I essentially work with students who have something going on that is impacting their semester, something that's impacting them personally in their life. And so they come and meet with me or anyone on my team to kind of figure out how we can help them. Now, as a clinical case manager, a big part of your job is knowing what resources are available to students and helping them make those connections. How often do you find that students don't know that these resources exist? It's really common that students don't think that their their university would be available to help them with things that are more personal in nature. So it's really often. And so we've worked pretty hard to get the word out. And it's great that we're in the health center because I think it does allow for people to still come and see us in a more common space, a space that students utilize more. I remember going to my orientation and learning about so many different resources that were being offered, Mm -hmm. but as a transfer student, I don't think I realized just how important these resources would be to me. Why do you think knowing about these resources early on is so critical to student success? Even if people don't utilize the resources that they have available to them, knowing about them is a critical piece because they can also help a friend, right? They can also um, share in a class when teachers are asking about questions about their experience at Fresno State thus far. So early is better, but doesn't mean that you're actually utilizing the resources yet, but it's kind of understanding that I would say we're kind of like a small city or a town because we offer so many different things to students that, you know, you need to have kind of a healthy experience in college. Now that we are primarily virtual, how are you seeing Fresno State serve students who may be turning into classes from out of town, out of state, or even out of country? Back in May, as soon as we realized that the safest thing to do was to have everyone start learning virtually, we made sure to uh, not only get onto Zoom, but get onto a, you know, a protected Zoom because our services are confidential. So we have a more confidential or safer kind of Zoom for the work that we do. But we also have seen kind of an increase in need and utilization. So students who in the beginning I thought might 
not want to meet with us to talk through things that were going on in their life have actually stayed in contact and continue to come see us because it's easy. It's easy to be in your bedroom and sign on to a Zoom and talk through something that's going on because a lot of students, as you well know yourselves, um, were kind of caught off guard and they had to immediately adapt to what was happening. And so for a lot of students, that was pretty stressful. Uh, moving home could be even stressful for some students. We've done whatever we could to stay in contact and support them at this time because, you know, virtual learning has been very difficult for some students, but they're adapting. You mentioned earlier that you work in the Student Health and Counseling Center. So tell me more about what those services look like now compared to what they looked like this time last year. So I'm still in the office three days a week because some of what I do is I do crisis work. So I think it's important that I'm available to, to not only students, but our staff who are trying to manage something. Kind of like when we started helping with those students who were impacted by the Creek Fire. It's good for me if they're gonna have to stay in the dorms that I could actually walk them across the street. Of course, using social distancing and a mask, but it still allows me to be present with people. So Gwyneth, while things have changed, they're still, we're still available and we'll make accommodations for students that really do need it to be in person. We have some safety practices in place to make sure that if it's going to be in person that we're safe. You mentioned that you're still working on campus, which is so great because I'm sure many students don't realize that the Student Health and Counseling Center is still open to them. Yes, we are still open. You know, our pharmacy and our medical are still available. Um, for our medical staff, it's primarily remote. But um, there are some limited in-person visits. So I'm always telling students when I meet with them and they may say that they're having like chronic headaches or they may be saying that, you know, they just haven't been feeling well. And I'll ask them when was the last time they had a physical and they'll be like, I don't remember. And I'm like, no, you can come to the health center. You pay the health fee. And even prescriptions, I think students don't realize that our pharmacy offers prescriptions at a very low cost to them. And then, of course, our counseling center is completely, you know, remote. Um, and we're doing tele-counseling and tele-talking for our drop-in counseling services. And then we have a ton of groups. You know, we are still available to students in person if that's what the situation calls for. So thank you for asking that question because I really do want students to know that their health and wellness and mental health is of utmost importance to us, especially during such a challenging time for us all. The next question we had is if you had to pick one resource on campus outside of the Student Health and Counseling Center that you'd want every student to know about, what would it be and why? I think it's going to be the Cross-Culture and Gender Center. Because the Cross-Culture and Gender Center, for those students who don't know about it, has been around for a really long time. Since I was a student at Fresno State, it used to be called the Women's Resource Center. 
but we've expanded and it's a place where students can go and um, get a kind of individualized support and to be like fully accepted for who they are and to kind of feel like they're not being judged and that you know they can explore themselves and the things that are going on in their lives and and have this kind of sense of community with one another i tend to send students there a lot who just kind of need that support they have a lot going on virtually also so their services have been kind of blossoming into much, kind of what we saw in our counseling center, which is that since students were utilizing our services, we just got more and more creative and tried to offer different things to, to serve different needs. So they have a lot of groups right now that students can utilize around the lunchtime. And I know they just had grad school 101. I know they have, you know, different programming for, um, different affinity groups. So I'm going to leave it there with my teaser because who knows, that might be something you want to talk about down the line. But Cross Culture and Gender Center for me has been a great collaborator on many things. And I'm proud of Fresno State for having such a large program. So the Student Comfort is another resource Fresno State offers that I have found really helpful. Are students still able to access this resource? And what does that look like? Yes, Gabby, thank you for bringing up the our gem, the student cupboard. So the best way to access the student cupboard is to go during their hours of operation. And their system is a little modified right now for everyone's safety, but you essentially just have to have your student ID and you can go one time a day and they have it protected. Everything is already boxed or bagged up for you. And you can go and then you can, so they'll give you kind of a pre-made box of something, but then you can also get as many fruits and vegetables as they have available, which is true always for the cupboard. And on top of that, if you're a student parent and you need diapers, or maybe some of the other things they might have to serve our student parents, then you just let them know that too. And I think it's once a month that you can come in and get diapers. And that is true for not just your own child, but any child that is living in your home. You mentioned that students could go to Fresno State to pick up these resources. What about the students who aren't local, who are probably further away from campus? Is there a way they can also access these resources? The cupboard is um, partnering with a program called the Take Care Program. And so this program does deliver a box of groceries to students. We recommend that you contact the cupboard to see if where you're living is included in the surrounding areas where the Take Care Program can deliver. But if they can't, because of COVID, I think a lot of counties have really increased their supportive services and supportive services include helping people if they don't have enough 
groceries in the home to, to feed their family. So case management is a great place for students to be linked to so that I can make sure that they know that they can find things closer to them. And on top of that, if students are really struggling and their families are really struggling, Project HOPE in our case management department, we are recipients of a grant that helps us to meet the basic needs of our students. And one thing that I've been able to do is to help students with gift cards to local grocery stores. Last week, we had William Hardaway on the podcast to talk about virtual learning, and he gave some great tips on embracing the virtual learning environment and accessing resources like tutoring and supplemental instruction. But I think when we first got the stay-at-home order and shifted to the virtual space, many students, myself included, struggled to maintain our physical and mental health. What kind of resources do students have access to in these areas? That's a great way to frame the question, right? Because, you know, I appreciate that you are willing to say that it even impacted you. Because I think some people are hard on themselves. Like, oh, I should just be managing this. Like, what's the big deal? Like, everybody dreams of doing class from their bedroom. But really, it takes a lot to be able to manage a full course load of classes from home and then be in the middle of maybe a family situation or have roommates and a job or loss of a job which then adds in the pressure of not having money for rent and things like that. So I think the first resource that I'll share is not going to be the counseling center. One would think it would be, but first we like students to come to case management because just because people are stressed and feeling maybe a lack of motivation or feeling like disappointment, feeling lonely, doesn't mean that they want to go to counseling right away, but they certainly want to be heard. People want to be heard. They want to know that somebody can relate with their situation. They want to know that they have support. So I feel like case management is like the welcoming committee to the other services on campus. We really work hard at making sure that we send the student to places that they want to go. We're not just going to have a student come in and say, oh, this is my problem, and say, well, go here and it'll solve your problem. We really want to get to know students and get to know what it is that they need because we all have different individual needs. We're not going to assume that a student needs counseling just because maybe they come in and express how hard this time has been for them. You know, maybe there's something that we can alleviate, whether it be financial, maybe it's to link them up to the Learning Center, if it's a struggle because it's online learning of a course that they feel like is hard to do. So we will just listen to people and essentially build kind of an individualized plan to help them out of the circumstance. And we will stay with people until we're done, you know, until they feel like they've reached a place where then they take it from there. But, you know, it could be that they really do want counseling or do need counseling. 
And in that event, I like to start with groups. Not all students like groups, but there are some great drop-in groups right now. Like literally the power is in your hands when it comes to group. You can go to our website, click on groups. There's a long list of them. And each one that is drop-in already has the link there. So I think that's fantastic. And I've been sharing that with everybody. And the one that I would probably highlight the most is meditation. Because I think it's, there is so much research around the importance of sitting for 10 minutes a day without worries and without feeling like you should be doing something else. Like it's time well used to just sit and kind of rest the mind. I think, Gabby, you even asked me about students who were out of the country or out of the state, and I never really said anything to speak to that, but I think now is a good time because we have International Talking Circle, which is specifically for our international students. So those students, you know, have even a different set of needs. They were all so excited to be coming to school and to have all of that change. You know, we hope to provide them some connections so at least they feel like they're part of the larger Fresno State community and not just isolated depending on where they are. You know, we, we will provide services to students from case management, from the counseling center, from the medical side, and as you well know, our wellness program is doing so much to help not only our student volunteers, right, but just to help people focus on the importance of wellness at a time when it feels like we've been limited to what we can do. So we're all getting super creative. We touched base a little bit on addressing individual needs. Just a little over a week ago, our community experienced so much devastation with the Creek fires. Many lost their homes, were evacuated or displaced, or were fearful of losing their homes. Whether it's an unforeseen event like this or a student having all of their textbooks stolen, what are some of the ways Fresno State has been able to support students' degree completion despite these roadblocks? Well, thank you for bringing that up because our community has experienced yet another very tragic experience. And it feels like a lot for people to have to manage right now. You know, it's not just the Creek Fire, it's that people are still experiencing all the stress and changes that COVID brought on. It's also that people are dealing with virtual learning. So I feel like our students are dealing with a lot. So first and foremost, I guess, for some people, replacing things that they need so that they can be successful in school would be really important because you're not really thinking about those things when you're leaving your home because you're worried about um, your own safety. So I think Good Samaritan Grant is a great way that at least we can help people um, to purchase some of the necessities, some of the basic needs that they need when they're going through something. Fire is a very traumatic thing that people go through. So I think secondly, just feeling like you have a point person on campus that you can go to, um, which would be me. But I also have a team of four other people that I want to recognize. So we have Anna Ruelas Gomez, 
She's also a clinical case manager and works in Project Hope with me. And then I have Veronica Portugal. She's an intern. Jay Oliver, also an intern, both of them coming from social work. And then Kamalpreet Sangha. And Kamalpreet's a grad student in the HEAL program, and she helps with the Good Samaritan grant. So any one of us would just want to support that person through what they're going through and, um, you know, make sure if they did need counseling or if they did need medical services that we could link them up instead of them having to figure it out. Because sometimes when you're going through something stressful, just even the figuring out piece is difficult. There are so many more subgroups we could probably talk about from student parents, students with disabilities, to undocumented students, etc. But one common thread I think many of us as students are experiencing right now is a disconnect from our social environment. Are there resources on campus that can help support students building connections with their peers virtually? Yes, that's such an important thing, right? So if students are living in the dorms, I know the um, RAs, the resident advisors have been working hard to figure out how to do virtual programs to engage students who are living in the dorms. So I always encourage when someone's living in the dorms, I say, have you spoken to you know, your RA about what's going on? They're also really good about promoting things on social media. So I like the idea that students would follow a lot of different accounts if they're on social media. I just follow Instagram and it seems to give me a pretty good idea of what's going on on campus. So I always encourage students to follow like CCGC or, you know, follow the Student Health and Counseling Center, follow FS Project Hope, follow any place that you think you might be interested in learning more about because it keeps you in the know. But also because we did see there were some students feeling pretty isolated and isolation, too much isolation is not a good thing. So we developed a group in the counseling center called Alone Together. So that's a drop-in group and that's just a place for people to go and make connections. And we piloted it over the summer. We had a women's group and then we had like a summer connection group and both of them did really well because I think once people get to know each other and feel safe sharing about what's going on, there's a predictability to it. Like every Wednesday at noon, I'm going to go to group, right? And so it helps students to build in some normalcy in a time where there's not a lot of normalcy. So um, alone together is one option. And certainly the CCGC has a lot of things that you can also drop in on and see if they fit your needs. But you can also come to Project Hope and let us talk it through with you. We don't come to college thinking about what we need physically or what we need mentally. We think about the classes we need. We think about the textbooks we need. We think about, you know, the grades we want to get. Um, but all the other stuff is so important. Physical and mental well-being are critical to you being kind of a whole person. Thank you for connecting us with all of these wonderful resources today. And thank you so much for being here with us and taking time out of your busy schedule to inform us about all of these resources. 
to everyone listening, I hope that you learned about or were reminded of at least one resource that might be able to support you. I know personally, it's a great reminder that I'm not alone and that there are so many places I can turn to for help despite virtual learning. To all our listeners, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Join us every week as we continue conversations on health and wellness. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at FS Health Center, where we will share other ways you can build a healthier you.